Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, world. I am Reverend Adrian L. Robinson II, a.k.a. Rev. Rob, and this is Deeper in the Word, where we give you the real about Scripture with people who actually know and understand it so that you can better understand what certain things in the Bible mean, how they relate to your life and experience, and how you can apply something written so long ago to what you're going through right now. Today, my friends, today's show is all about taking mental notes, taking mental notes. And we're not calling it that to be smart, Alex, okay? Because this is a very serious subject we're talking about here today. But by definition, taking a mental note of something means paying special attention with a specific intent to remember it. And that's what we want you to be able to do during today's show, that you will be able to pay special attention to our topic today with a specific intent to remember the biblical and practical information that we're gonna be hearing today. Because today's show is all about mental health and mental illness. And particularly, we wanna talk about what the Bible has to say about mental health and mental illness because this conversation, thankfully, is finally becoming more prevalent in our society. Y'all know that the National Alliance on Mental Health, also known as NAMI, reports that approximately one in five adults in the United States, that's 46.6 million people, experiences mental illness in a given year. Now, one thing I didn't know, but learned recently while preparing for this show, is that mental illness, while not easily defined, It can range from a plethora of different hindrances and disorders that make normal everyday life a challenge or borderline impossible for the individual. In other words, you don't have to be clinically diagnosed with schizophrenia, for example, to suffer from mental illness. And again, y'all know how we do on the show. We tie whatever discussion we're having to what God has to say about it. And sure enough, God has plenty to say about mental health and illness. To that end, My friends, we are beyond excited to welcome today's special guest. He is an author, a motivational speaker, a teacher, and by trade, a licensed professional Christian counselor. He is also a part of Anchored Counseling, which is a professionally licensed counseling and therapy agency specializing in both in-person and virtual options for therapy in an exciting area of counseling or therapy called telemental health. that, That sounds so awesome. And we're going to ask him to talk about all of that. So, deeper in the word, please welcome our friend of the show and my brother, Mr. Chris McClendon. Chris, what up? Hey, Reverend Adrian. Uh, thank you, brother, for having me on your show. It's a pleasure. Uh, listeners, how are you? My name is Chris McClendon, and uh, I'm just uh, glad to be on the show and be able to uh, discuss uh, the, the Bible, uh, God's word, and talk of Uh, we thank you for being here, brother. We couldn't thank you more. And uh, uh, we'll get a little more into later how what Chris does and the group that Chris is with, and we'll have him talk all about that, is actually um, one of the beneficiaries of our giving partners. So we'll talk all about that later. But Chris, give the folks just a little more background about yourself, how you came to uh, be the counselor that you are. And, how you even, you know, came to have the relationship with the Lord that you do? 
voice uh, telling me to go in the house. And I did not recognize that voice. I ignored it. And the next night, uh, some guys and I, we went to a party. And we got into a fight altercation. And I remember leaving myself being in the front passenger seat, uh, driver and two other guys. And we got to a stop sign and right was going to take me home and left was going to take me to a night of unpredictable acts. And we made a left. And not too long down that road, we hydroplane and we hit a telephone pole. And from there, I broke my neck in two places and I was paralyzed chest down. I did not have a seatbelt. And my athletic career at that point was over. So life was uh, started to look a lot different uh, for me. And I remember being in the hospital and uh, after being diagnosed, the doctors told my, my family members that uh, the chances of me walking again was like cutting the shoestring and putting it back together perfectly. Wow. And in other words, it was very slim, slim to none. And so I asked God, I, say, I said, Lord, if this is the position that I'm going to be in, just let me know what I need to do. And I also asked God, of course, I said, God, if, you know, if you give me one more chance, and this is a common thing people ask, but Lord, if you give me one more chance, I'll live for you. I'll, I'll put away all the reckless behavior and I'll do what you want me to do. And so the first opportunity I got to do that was to go and speak to my high school uh, that I was attending and just begin to warn the students of the realness of their decision making and the power of God and things like that. And from that point, uh, someone uh, met with me and they said, well, I want you to come to uh, my school. And another person said, I want you to come to my school. And and all, all this time, I'm still in the hospital. And at one point in time, my, my legs, I uh, tried to move my legs and they started moving. And I said, oh, it's moving, it's moving. And I called the doctors in and uh, stayed in therapy uh, for several months and uh, was able to recover and get back on my feet. And I just started speaking, you know, uh, in many places. And in Georgia, I went out of town a few times. And then I got to the place where I was like, where who are going to talk to uh, the people in jail? And so I signed up and volunteered and went and spoke to the inmates in jail. And then I figured that it was, I had limits. I can only say and do so much because uh, I wasn't a professional counselor. Mm -hmm. um, me not really liking school that much, I saw that this was something that was needed in order to be able to help uh, more people. So uh, I went to school, um, undergraduate and graduate degree and, uh, you know, went through all the vigorous trainings and requirements and everything that is needed. And so that introduced me into the mental health field. And I said, now I can help as many people as I need to without the, the limits of saying, hey, you know, you're not a professional and things like that. And so that's what brings me here to this point. I'm here authentically, uh, genuinely, and I'm here for the people. And uh, that is the history of what an amazing, amazing story of uh, perse perseverance through faith. And uh, one thing I, I do want to ask you, um, 
out of your story that does have me uh, somewhat curious, and some other folks may be curious as well before we move on, is uh, what type of offense did you run as a quarterback? Uh, we, my, my, my coach, uh, you know, he, he liked to run the ball a lot. And so uh, we, we ran, ran spread, ran uh, old school I formation sometimes. But, uh, yeah, so. You run a lot of option? Uh, no, we didn't. We didn't run a lot of option. We really mimicked the uh, offense of uh, the University of Georgia. Okay, and okay, so, I got uh, you. That was my plan along going there because I was, I was very familiar uh, with their offense and how it was ran. So, yeah. Excellent, excellent. You know, I, I didn't mean to get off topic, but hey, listen, it's almost football <laughs> season, and I'm a huge football fan. So, but anyway, we're getting back on topic here. We're having this conversation about mental health and mental illness, and when it comes to having this conversation. Within the church, uh, this topic can get a bit controversial at times. It's almost like it's a taboo subject when it comes to people of faith. Now, maybe some of that sensibility comes from the idea that the Bible never explicitly or directly speaks about mental illness in terms of how we would define it in modern terms. However, with what you do, you've married the two together in an almost symbiotic-like harmony. Talk a little bit about how what you do specifically in your group at Anchored Counseling ties into biblical ideologies. Well, as a as a professional Christian counselor, I believe the Bible is God's word and science is God's work. With this belief, I'm able to integrate psychology and theology, seeing the two fields of study as allies rather than enemies. So the Bible demands things to be done in this way, to have faith and works. Or in layman's terms, your actions must back up your words. Mm-hmm. Uh, in James chapter 2, verse 17, says, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Mm-hmm. And then James goes on to say in James chapter 2, Verses 24, you see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. You see, Reverend Adrian, this confuses people uh, sometimes because they see faith and works as two different things. Mm. The Bible does not separate the two. Faith and works are like one coin with two sides. Mm. So if you have the coin, you have both sides. So in the therapy I provide, I mix faith and works to bring about healing in the lives of others. But what I'm what I'm doing is not a new thing. In in fact, it's very ancient. Oh, how so? Explain. Well, being that it's in the Bible, uh, the Bible in itself, in comparison to these times, uh, uh, is is ancient. And so when the Bible talks about uh, faith and works. And uh, having it in biblical antiquity, uh, that is what makes it uh, it's ancient. That's what makes it ancient. And so I'm just taking an ancient uh, biblical 
Excellent, excellent point, excellent point. And one thing we know for sure, Chris, about the Bible and mental health, one thing that is constant, uh, as you said throughout Scripture, is that God is close to those who are suffering. You know, we can see that in the Psalms, and particularly Psalm 34, 18, Psalm 145, 18. You know, between those two, they tell us that God provides comfort to the suffering, and he meets the needs of the brokenhearted. So, you know, what you do lines up with that so perfectly. Uh, and it, uh, again, as you pointed out, is an act, is actually an ancient practice. So having established a bit of what God's word says about the Bible, we want to shift gears a bit here and discuss some of the stigmas or misconceptions associated with mental health or with those with mental illnesses and how we as believers or Christ's followers can stop buying into these stigmas and misconceptions. And we're going to talk more about those with our special guest, Mr. Chris McClendon of Anchored Counseling, after we come back from the break. It's back. Benevolent Faith Ministries is excited to announce the return of the class that started it all, our Tuesday night Bible study class, Abiding in the Vine. The class is held live each week on Zoom, and you can obtain the meeting ID and other login details on our website, benevolentfaithministries.org, or you can email us at info at benevolentfaithministries.org for the info. In addition, you can follow along with us live during the study by going to our website and downloading the class study sheets. Just click on the Bible Studies link and then click on the desired study, then you're all set. That's BenevolentFaithMinistries.org. Log on today to become a part of our global community. Welcome back to Deeper in the Word. As a reminder, you can subscribe and listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Overcast, and on Apple Podcasts in the iTunes Store. Also, don't forget to email us at info at benevolentfaithministries.org to send us your questions and comments for the show, as well as to get more info about our various ministries and how you can be a part of our giving partnerships. Uh, and don't forget uh, our Abiding in Divine Bible Study, which takes place every Tuesday night on Zoom at 7 p.m. Eastern. Today's show, my friends, is entitled Taking Mental Notes, and we're discussing what the Bible has to say about mental health and mental health care with our special guest today, my brother, Mr. Chris McClendon of Anchored Counseling. And so, Chris, we were talking in our earlier session about what the Bible says about mental health and mental illness and about what your practice specifically does with respect to that. But even with what you do, Chris, more churches are experiencing the effects of mental illness within their congregations, and many find themselves either unable or un incapable of properly dealing with or adjusting to those within their own congregations who may be suffering from these effects. So again, even though the Bible doesn't explicitly or directly speak about mental illness in a way we define it today, it does provide insight on how we should view and respond to those who are battling with it in their lives. So as someone who specializes in counseling people 
from a biblical perspective, what can you tell us about what the Word of God says about mental health and mental illness? So that is a big concern in the church, and I'm glad uh, you're asking me this question. So what does the Bible uh, have to say about, about mental illness? Uh, when I was on my bed of paralysis, uh, my aunt, she read a verse to me, Matthew 4, 24, and it reads, And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatics, and those that had the palsies, and he healed them. And so the short answer is, is that mental illness is in the Bible. And just to break it down a little bit, diverse diseases uh, in that particular passage, it includes moral disabilities, physical disabilities, and internal disabilities. And then it also said uh, torments. Torments are the painful ailments like ulcers and hemorrhoids, and like the torment Job described, my bones burns with fever, found in Job chapter 30, verse 30. Then it mentioned those possessed with devils. This is a spiritual and demonic takeover. We must differentiate what is common and natural, like diverse diseases and torments, from what is spiritual and devilish, like mm. demon possession. Mm, mm, mm. Which then brings us to the mental illness in the Bible. It reads, those which were lunatics. Lunatic means crazy. Crazy is a taboo word in the mental health field. Nevertheless, this is the description in the Bible. If that is not enough, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 28, it reads, The Lord shall smite thee with madness. The word madness here means to act wildly, insanely, which also means to be crazy. We hear King Nebuchadnezzar acting in this way in the book of Daniel chapter 4. King Nebuchadnezzar uh, went from living in a palace and eating fine foods to living in the field with animals, eating grass and letting his hair and nails grow out to the point where he looked like a full feathered eagle with long claws. To me, he seemed mentally ill. So... Here, you can see that mental illness is there uh, in the Bible. It's just, like you said, it's explained a little different, but it, it's there. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's readily apparent as you've made clear. Thank you. Um, one thing I do, two couple things. One, uh, Lord have mercy. I, you mentioned it. I'm not making this up, y'all. Y'all heard him mention it. One of the torments you said came out of your mouth was hemorrhoids. And I can't imagine ancient hemorrhoids with no preparation. Lord have mercy on those folks. But I tell you, you brought up the ideology of demon possession. And in the church, as much as people may not believe, that's a very real sensibility. So now we want to shift gears a little bit and talk about some of the stigmas and misconceptions associated with mental health and mental illness, especially those held by folks within the church community. Because the truth is, there are many historically based misconceptions about mental health or mental illness in our culture 
to where most people don't know enough about it to feel comfortable discussing. And you add to that the fact that brain science is really still an emerging area. And so that creates a sense of mystery associated with mental health and illness. And that could lead to the potential for misconceptions to grow. And a few of these include like the misconception that people with mental illnesses, all people with mental illnesses are inherently violent or dangerous or should be reviled in general. The stigma that people with mental illnesses should be marginalized or written off because they're incapable of contributing to our communities. And that's a stigma that leads uh, to people fearing them instead of helping them and then isolating them instead of loving them and fellowshipping with them. And then like we just said, like you just referenced, especially at the church, there's this major stigma that demon possession is the sole cause of certain kinds of mental illness. Talk a little bit more about in your experiences. What have you come across with respect to any of these stigmas and how they may or may not affect what you do? Well, the, the stigmas just comes from uh, just not knowing enough about uh, mental illness. And now with the, the internet, now with the exposure of uh, athletes and stars, uh, you know, making mental illness prevalent, uh, people are starting to learn just a little bit more about it. Uh, schizophrenia uh, can look like demon possession, uh, and but it takes for a person to really go under certain assessments and to see what is happening. Uh, there's no real cause for schizophrenia, uh, but it can be sometimes uh, drug substance induced. Mm. And so you, 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 you really don't know. Um, uh, psychedelics uh, can cause some of those same things. And it just takes, it takes a careful examination and assessment to really know what's going on. Uh, counseling is, is not only curative in nature, uh, some people don't know that, but it's, it's also preventative in nature. And so there's a saying that prevention is the best cure. Mm -hmm. So you can come to counseling just to uh, make sure you do not fall into something uh, that you can foresee and say, well, uh, how do I get around this? Uh, and so it does not always have to be something wrong, although oftentimes people come to counseling because they wait till something goes wrong uh, before they seek help. And that's understandable. Um, but many people have really already done counseling without knowing it. Uh, when you go talk to church clergy members or your homeboys or your homegirls, uh, that is seeking counsel. Uh, you might be ill-advised, but maybe not. But it still is a form of counsel. And from my experience, usually after the first or second session, uh, clients change their views about counseling. So it's just really about uh, testing out what somebody believes by actually just getting in there and to see what it's about for themselves rather than being influenced by uh, all what is being said about counseling. Amen to that, brother, because more often than not, when it comes to stigmas of any type or misconceptions of any type, 
when you actually get in there and do the research for yourself and do the do the knowledge, do your Googles, if you will, for yourself, you come to find out that a lot of what you believed was incorrect. And quite frankly, the church should be leading the way in rejecting stigmas and irrational fears regarding mental illness. Because if anybody should be looking to show love, it should be God's people. Amen? Now, coming up after the break, we're going to continue our conversation with Chris McClendon of Anchored Counseling, and we're going to ask him to delve into his expertise to give us some precise examples of what to do in the event we encounter someone suffering from mental illness, including people in our own families and households. So come back and join us after the break. My name is Christopher James McClendon. I am a professional Christian counselor. I am offering an eight-week Christian counseling group 100% online. During the eight weeks, I will personally walk you through my book, Seven Steps to Receiving God's Blessing. This group provides measurable results. I believe in faith and works. The Bible is God's word and science is God's works. Therefore, I integrate the two to help bring about healing in the lives of others. If following these seven steps motivated my recovery from permanent paralysis, imagine what it can do for you. Find out more by visiting stayanchor.org or call 678-723-6800. You can also follow me on Instagram at saltpc. At Benevolent Faith Ministries, we're a virtual church with a real heart for God. Visit us on the web today at benevolentfaithministries.org and learn more about becoming a member, participating in our giving partnerships, and learning how you can be the church without the need of any building. That's benevolentfaithministries.org. Log on today. Are you looking to complete a home purchase? Whether you're a buyer or a seller, Meister Home Inspections, or MHI, offers professional and accurate home inspection services throughout the Northeast Atlanta area that provide home buyers and sellers, as well as their agents, with the information they need to successfully complete any home purchase. Visit their website at mhihomeinspection.com, that's mhihomeinspection.com to learn more, or to set up your home inspection appointment today. Welcome back to the show with our special guest today, Mr. Chris McClendon of Anchored Counseling. And Chris, we were just talking in our previous segment about the stigmas and misconceptions associated with mental illnesses. So now let's look at how we as a church should respond to those with mental health issues. Because one thing I think we can both agree on is that the church should be a place of safety and comfort for those struggling with mental health issues, a place where they can be honest, a place where they can ask people to unite around them in prayer, and a place where they can be assisted in seeking the type of professional help that they need. Now, equally, those within the church need to be properly prepared to deal with those suffering from mental health issues with a spirit of love and understanding and not fear and contempt including if the people suffering are in their own household or family. So, Chris, 
both from a church leadership, uh, leadership and an individualistic standpoint, what practical tips and resources can you offer to our listeners who may be dealing closely with someone suffering from a mental illness? I mean, of course, we want them to take your, your course. We want them to take your class and be a part of your group. But if they're just discovering that they've been diagnosed with a mental illness or perhaps someone they know or love or care for has just been diagnosed with a mental illness, can you give them some things to keep in mind as they seek to address those situations and look to care for either that person or themselves? Yeah, absolutely. So especially for, for the church uh, and just family members and, and things of that nature, uh, the, the first mental note being the, the title of the show is that uh, something to keep in mind is God is a healer, mm. and I am evidence of that. And there is hope. Amen. And be glad in that. And what you might think is happening to you, uh, you're thinking that it's uncommon. It's not. There are many, many people experiencing similar things. And so uh, it's important that you go just talk to somebody and, and to get help. Uh, the first place I would tell someone to go is uh, the Bible. I would tell someone to look in the Bible. The, the Spirit will lead you into the truth. Jesus, in part, said, I am the truth. John 14, 6. From here, we can determine all truth is God's truth, no matter where it comes from. And at that point, secondly, go visit, go visit your doctor and tell them what you are experiencing mentally, because something biologically wrong can impact your mental well-being. Mm -hmm. If it's drug substance, drug use, try AA meeting or NA meeting, alcohol anonymous or narcotics anonymous. Mm -hmm. uh, these meetings are free. Uh, you don't have to subscribe to uh, the underlying beliefs of these meetings, but you still can go and, and find some relief, some help uh, from people who share similar experiences. Um, if it is anxiety, try deep breathing exercises. If it is insomnia, check your diet, get a good workout. Mm. If it is stress, develop better time management skills and say, no, not this time to certain things and just get some rest. If you're looking for affordable therapy, uh, search a place called Open Path Psychotherapy. They offer uh, therapy sessions as low as $30. Uh, also, you can visit therapyforblackmen.org or therapyforblackgirls.com. And this specifically speaks uh, to the stigma around uh, African-American in our community. And those last two sites uh, that I mentioned, uh, Therapy for Black Men and Therapy for Black Girls, they begin to change the stigma uh, as you visit those uh, websites and, and see what you know they talk about and how they begin to frame therapy. I am listed on, on some of those sites, but my current hub is at stayanchored.org. So uh, those just a few, uh, few of the resources, few of the things uh, that people can do and just uh, a mental note as well. Excellent, excellent. And 
with those websites that you mentioned, would that be the area known as uh, telemental health? Basically, um, uh, counseling people, mental health, uh, mental health counseling over like virtually. Absolutely, uh, all all of the sites that I mentioned uh, offer telemental health services. So uh, you got a good internet connection, or you can do it on your cell phone, or or you know any type of smart device. Um, doesn't have to be real savvy. Uh, you can start your sessions. Um, is that an emerging area? How long has that been going on? Well, telemental health, it, it has been a, a talk for some time. Uh, in the field, people cannot really see it happening. Uh, they felt that, you know, face, uh, traditional face-to-face was something that uh, just needed to be done. And so maybe within the last uh, three years, that the mental health field uh, started to look into it a little bit more seriously. Uh, and so, uh, and then with everything happening now, it's, it's just full-fledged thing running. But a, a, lot of, a lot of other different, um, you know, fields have been doing it, uh, you know, doctors and, and things like that. So, but it was, it was just not really uh, accepted uh, fully in the mental health field. Yeah, it's amazing what didn't used to be acceptable six months ago, which is suddenly the almost a new way of doing things now. So kudos to those who were on the cutting edge of that, yourself included. Chris, remind everybody again where they can find you, how they can get in touch with you, uh, and how they can become a part of what you're doing and the services that you offer, brother. So absolutely, if there's any listeners out there, uh, you can visit stayanchored.org. That is stay, S-T-A-Y, anchored, dot org. You can also email me, uh, McClendon at stayanchored.org. That's C-M-C-C-L-E-N-D-O-N at stayanchored.org. You can also call me, uh, 678-723-6800. And what I do is just really, I offer uh, a group, a Christian counseling group, uh, for individual counseling as well. And I walk interested uh, participants through my book, Seven Steps to Receiving God's Blessing. It is a eight-week course. This is where I am integrating uh, science and the Bible into one place and it's just been having uh, amazing, amazing results with it. And so it, the classes, the courses last for an hour and a half. And uh, if you just want more information about that, um, you know, the contact information that I provided for you, you can just follow through with that. And, uh, and that's all. <laughs> Man, that is absolutely fantastic work. And, you know, we here at Benevolent Faith Ministries and Deeper at the Word uh, deeper in the word, are, are proud to come alongside what you are doing. And to that end, folks, you know that our giving partnerships uh, also include our, in, in case you did not know, also include our Benevolent Faith Ministries Fellowship Fund. And what that is, is essentially an emergency fund 
designed for individuals who may be in a pinch and may just need that extra, you know, that little extra financial assistance in their times of need. And so, you know, we definitely encourage people that want to give to that, that they can. But one of the things that we would use that scholarship fund for is for someone, for instance, who may be in need of Brother Chris's services, and then we would be able to pay for that. So again, we encourage everybody to go to his website. We encourage you to go to our website, look under giving partnerships. And most importantly, we encourage you to seek the will of God so that you can stay grounded in your mental health. Amen. Listen, we want to thank Brother Chris McLennan of Anchor Counseling for joining us today. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Come back anytime. Hey, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. I listened to your show. I feel honored. You have a lot of good people who come on here and speak. So to be added to that great bunch of people is is such a blessing. And it's very humbling. And thank you and keep up the good work. Man, appreciate the kind words so much. And uh, bless you, man, and everything that you do. We can't wait to have you come back on the show. We also want to thank you, the best listening audience in the world. Don't forget, you can subscribe and listen to us on Spotify. Anchor, Google, uh, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Overcast, and on Apple Podcasts in the iTunes Store. And we'll catch y'all next time. Holla.